Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Hello, and welcome to Season 30, Episode 9 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Kimmy. Oh, I'm Clara. And I'm Jay. Um, so tonight we are talking about indie games, uh, specifically indie game jams coming to Drive Through RPG. Uh, we're talking Heath in Maryland asks about our experiences with new player tropes. Jerry from Oregon, where I'm supposed to say Oregon, according to the email, <laughs> uh, returns to the Happy Jacks community. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. And shares a story of Big Bad Con. And Weasel Creature from California shares a tip for someone who is interested in jamming but doesn't know where to start. Um, if you'd like con- to contribute a question or story to the show, email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Um, announcements. Um, our call to action this week, we would really love you to leave a review and or rating, preferably right cool things about us at wherever you listen to podcasts and maybe a few places you don't usually, if you have a login, that's fine. (laughs) So um, now this doesn't actually help like more people see us. It doesn't make us more visible in most podcast apps, but it does mean if people stop by and check out the show that they see recent reviews. Mm -hmm. A lot of our reviews are fantastic. We have really great star ratings, but if you look, they're all from like 2018 or before. So we would like people who are checking out the show, maybe running into it more recently than that, to know that it is still a good show. So please leave us reviews and ratings. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Sorry, I was thinking about the one guy who was like, this show isn't fun anymore. I'm like, good for you. Yeah, good for you. <clears throat> yeah, there's a, someone who on, on YouTube, if you weren't in the Discord, when I was like, hey, look at this asshole. I tweeted about it, too. It's <laughs> like, this show used to be good, and now it's gone super woke. And we're like, oh. cool. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Hi. Where have you been? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. we yeah, don't, don't leave that review. <laughs> Please. I mean, or do, and then we'll or just... do, and then we'll make merchandise with it and have more listeners. It'll be fantastic. I'm kidding. If you really like our show, <laughs> if you really like our show, please don't leave like joke one star ratings. If you hate us, whatever. But if you like us, please leave good reviews. All right. So we're going to start talking about. We're going to start tonight talking about a news item, which is something we did a few weeks ago when we were talking about. Um, Wizards of the Coast buying D&D Beyond. But this week we're going to be talking about something called a game jam. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what a game jam is, they are basically like, they're not always competitions, but they're basically like collective uh, creation, game creation events. you might say. Yeah. 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 So they're really popular in itch.io. And usually someone will come up with like a weird theme like, uh, write a game about making a sandwich and you've got like two weeks to make a game. They're very, usually very unpolished. They're very zine. Like a lot of times very quick indie kind of just like 
creative rough and tumble but yeah. a lot of great ideas kind of just brewing and all that yeah a lot of times like amazing games have their their start there sometimes someone gets something perfectly awesome and polished in that small amount of time um i did one my very first game actually um virgins and vixens oh, yeah, was a game jam because it was like <laughs> a folklore game jam so i was like okay what legend do i want to do fuck all legends are super misogynistic <laughs> Hey, I'll write a game about how all <laughs> legends are misogynistic. Nice. So, um, and yeah, I wrote that game in literally two weeks and pu- put it all together, published it. And then I liked it so much, I just left it. So sometimes you do some, you know, sometimes there are some amazing games that are done and finished and stay that way forever. And sometimes you get little kernel- kernels of perfection that mm-hmm. then grow into much bigger games uh, and hits. So this has been happening on H.io for years and years and years. It's become something that's built the TTRBG community there to make it like a lot larger. And it's something that's really lowered the bar for a lot of people to who probably would have been too intimidated to try making a game uh, otherwise. So I don't know. You, do you have any experience with that? No, okay. no, okay. this is, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to do uh, the, the new one for um, that drive through uh, DTRPG uh, is hosting is called uh, pocket quest, pocket quest 2022. Um, and the theme for Pocket Quest is Summer Camp. Yeah. And so I'm going to, you know, give it a shot. I'm thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm debating between a couple of ideas. Uh, the one I'm leaning towards right now is Summer Camp in the midst of an alien invasion. So nice. And so I started writing some material for that, uh, last night, actually. And it occurred to me how, with all the ideas in my head, I have no idea how I'm going to meet like the 20 page uh, maximum. Oh, is it a twenty-page max? Twenty-page max, uh, yeah. six by nine, too. It's not. A, it's a. It's a pocket booklet, right? It's. It's meant to be this little thing, and so. And so, uh, you know, kind of. This is going for me. This is going to be an exercise in paring down ideas and figuring out. Okay, what do I really want to do? This. How do I really want to hit this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. This is my first experience doing it, so I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, you know, I've, I've I've heard of other jams where they've got like a couple of weeks. You've got a month. This one is a is a nice long two month span. So yeah. I feel pretty good about that being my first outing. You know? Yeah. I, I think it, say, Oh, no, like I've seen 24 hour game jams. And yeah. Stuff, so like mm-hmm. those are night fun, but nightmares. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, is there like a font size limit? Like you're doing six. I haven't looked at the templates. For uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's one of the nice thing about this is that there are templates that you can use. They also say that if you're proficient enough in layout, you can just do your own layout and that's fine. So I mean, I'm sure you can you can you can shrink down the font as much as you want, but there's a certain point when you just don't get the yield. I'm sure. No. <laughs> I'm saying it's like a miniature summer camp, like borrower style, and every game every game comes with a magnifying glass. Yeah, yeah. There and you then go. you can there do everything. <laughs> it's 1980s like microfilm. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. Uh, you know, Here's my free pitch. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that. I, actually, <laughs> I think it's. I think it speaks to something really magical that itch.io captured and the fact that it works so well there that drive-through which is a very kind of traditional outlet for Mm -hmm. games even though you can post anything there it is still heavily dominated by D&D and you know OSR and Pathfinder yeah Yeah, and and supplements to that and Mm -hmm. licensed supplements to everything where itch has literally been like the wild west like (laughs) I am making a game about cooking eggs while wearing a beret okay like that game is probably on itch.io yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's a a personal journaling game uh and like yeah no I got you so many games yeah and it's it's 
fascinating and it's amazing. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm sort of conflicted because I'm like, bitch did it first. But also I love the idea of this very free form, like low barrier to entry, yeah. like form being spread out there. So more people like feel brave enough to write a game. Yeah. And I yeah. love, I think they did. I, I love that they have templates. Like most itch.io jams are very, very free form, like two weeks Here's a vague theme. Go for whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, kind of anything goes really within that theme. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering if this is while well, I was reading through Drive Through's whole like announcement about it, and it felt very much like they were trying to um, draw more create uh, creators to their platform. Mm-hmm. It did not seem the way it was set up like they want to drive an increase in content from people who are already on Drive Through. It was like, yeah. come, Jay, you've never written a game. Come write a yeah, game yeah. for drive through. There definitely is. Uh, they're they're definitely encouraging that. You know, getting people uh, just just saying, hey, we know you have ideas. Mm-hmm. We know you've said to yourself, I bet I can do this. Come on and do it. Feeling yeah. really I love that. I love that. It's the uh, and like sometimes you just need a deadline. Yeah. So like having a nice soft two months to be like. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can procrastinate. We all know you're going to do it for the last week of July. But like, <laughs> yeah, listen, you just need a deadline. Yeah, accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and forming the community around that too. You know, that's something. Yeah. That, it's the same thing that like, you know, Zine Month in February did, and and other, um, you know, other other even non gaming related uh, uh, what it was like month long challenges do. Mm-hmm. You know, forming that community. Uh, if folks are already going to DTRPG and they're familiar with what's there uh, and they're familiar with the various names that are there, they can you can interact with them in the Discord and, and get ideas, kind of bounce things off people. Yeah. That's part of the fun is really being part of that community of folks kind of getting together and getting swept up in that excitement, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love it's a very chill th- uh, theme, too. Like, yeah. So yeah. 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 No, man, mm-hmm. I There's so many mm-hmm. wild things you could do with that. I have yeah. so many little weird ideas. I w- I'm not allowed to make anything for this jam until I finish the three other games I'm currently mm-hmm. writing. I'm, I'm saying that out loud. So when I don't, when I start making a <laughs> camp game the last week of July and everyone's like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, if we collaborate, technically it's not your project. Just, I'm just going to throw mm, that out there. It's like my project that you helped on. Okay, I'm also not going to make. Uh, like, not going to. Um, I was going to say though, it is you were like, yeah, I know Itch did it first, but it is, um, it is. I at the risk of sounding like I'm pro corpo, um, I do like like. Drive Through RPG has a pretty good solid platform. We yeah. already said they host a lot of these major things, and most of us get our games from them and it's mainstream stuff. Uh, it is nice to have a bigger platform, mm-hmm. give the opportunity to indie developers to be able to push this stuff because mm-hmm. otherwise, you gotta like you gotta know someone who will tell you to buy something on itch.io. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you do. Yeah. Here's the exact link to the thing I want you to buy. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, all my stuff is on Drive Through too. Most people have their stuff on both or more platforms. Mm -hmm. I think it's really a great reflection of where the TTRPG hobby is going, though. The fact that a big company like that realizes there is such a market for indie, like, niche games like that. that They're starting this, which seems like it's going to be at least an annual thing. 
And so they're expecting to have it be a recurring thing yeah. every year that yeah. they're like, hey, we are specifically putting all this effort into drawing this type of game and this type of creator onto our more traditional platform. I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. DTRPG already has a large audience. Yeah. You know, it already reaches a lot of people. If they get, if they start seeing these little products that provide more unique experiences than your large publishers or your even mid-range publishers can provide, then I think that's great. Yeah. I do truly recommend also, maybe I don't, like legally I should not recommend this, but if you're on itch.io and you have like a little line. Just wander around there for a while. <laughs> wander to it's like Kickstarter. Yeah, a oh, little wine, a yeah. little Kickstarter, yeah. and then Follow like that rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah, and then like you will not regret falling into that rabbit. Yeah, hole. three months later, like presents from past you just get bought. See, everything I buy on itch is like immediate download. Oh so yeah, there's like sure. that instead of like the Kickstarter, oh, I'm gonna get this in three years. Yeah. <laughs> like no hate, like my Kickstarter took two years to fall there, but um, it's like immediate download. Oh, I have a game. And then you're like, I have 15 games. What? <laughs> oh, I have 15. Oh, I have 15 games. I have okay. 15 games. Yeah. Yep. But they're great. I, and I what's awesome it. is that you you can, you can get a lot of bite-sized content, too. So you've mm-hmm. got 15 games, but you can play them over the course of, like, 15 Absolutely. nights. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, I, th- I was really excited about that. Thank you, Jay, for bringing that to my attention. Yeah, absolutely. And being like, hey, we should talk about this. Because we absolutely should talk about this. So, yeah. If any of you here have ideas, and we know you do. Yeah. Get out there and do it. It's gonna be awesome. We should we should come up with like a little like like icon for like everyone in the Happy Jacks community to like oh, put on their games sure. and they submit this stuff and just yeah. be like Happy Jack love Happy Jacks like love her Happy Jacks community support or something like a co op or something. Happy Jacks approved. Yeah, here's me, but I would love that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. that'd be great. Yeah, if, if you are making a game and you'd be interested in having that on your game, I. We'll come up with something cute and cool. Jay's raising his hand. Okay. Excellent. Totally. Absolutely. That'd be super fun. Yeah. Yeah. That would be actually really cool because we do have like a design section in the Discord for designers who are like batting back and forth ideas and stuff. And um, that'd be kind of cool to be like, to like pick a game jam every few months and just like in mass, like (laughs) Happy Jack submission. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'd love that. This is our core. Just take them. Yeah. I love that. That's very fun. All right. Very good. Any other stuff we want to talk about? News ones? No, not okay. I can think of. All right. First email. Who wants to go? Hold on, I want to see how long it is. Dibs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shortest one, I think. Uh, hello, knights of RPG who say, drink. Drink, uh, drink. Hold on. You did this. <laughs> Me and LaCroix. Uh, long-time listener, one-time winner of an easy roller dice tray, and first-time emailer. Woohoo! With the need of some uh, of some emails, I'm sending this your way. Back in the before time, Christmas 2018, I was able to play D&D with my younger brothers and my nephews. My brother was the GM, with me and my three nephews being the players. This was the first time playing D&D for my two younger nephews, ages 7 and 9. Uh, over, the, over a few days of my Christmas visit, we got a good 10-plus hours of gaming. Me and my older nephew, 20, helped me, uh, the youngling with the game, uh, letting them lead. During the time, many different gaming tropes happened. They split the party during a battle. They ran towards the danger, almost dying, and telling an NPC they just met a deal they just made. My question is, have you guys sat in or hosted a first-time player, young or old, where a gaming trope happened? Heath from Maryland, Heath underscore bar on Twitter. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. I love it. Yes, and. <laughs> yes. Am I going first? You're both looking at me. No, no, no. You, you seem more, you're excited. <laughs> okay, so I have a friend who will remain nameless, who it was their very first TTRPG, and now they are a fairly, fairly well-known streamer. Uh, it's not a Brienne. <laughs> this person has never really been on Happy Jacks. Um, I met them outside of the gaming collective that we know of as Happy Jacks, and they got invited. We all got invited to a game, and it was D and D. And I was sort of like, "Okay, sure, I'll play D and D." But because I was like trying to be like the good friend, and they're all like, "Hey, we've heard you're a tabletop gamer." I'm like, "Okay, great. What are we gonna play?" Well, D and D. Um, I mean, it, it turned out great and it was fun. Um, but this person, it was their very first time playing a TTRPG and they wanted to be the most amazing, most attractive. Everybody had the hots for them. Like they took, ev- like they were very good at reading the rules and understanding how everything worked. And they like basically made it so like, if they winked at you, you would mm. become very aroused and attracted. And like, it was just like all the weird kind of eh, mechanics in D and D that's like, eh, okay. Like we're okay. Cause we talked about it first, but otherwise no. And they were so annoyed. Cause I made a war forge that was like, we had no emotions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were just so annoyed all the time. Well, don't you feel anything? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> You you seem like you would be a very attractive hunk of flesh to other hunks of flesh. Like <laughs> and they just like kept trying and it was just like one of the things and finally the DM was like, uh, okay, it's not gonna work. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Listen, bud. Kimmy's character just isn't isn't like that. Like and that's okay. It was yeah, fine, yeah. Be fine. But they just they like there was a lot of like them working through things, I think, mm-hmm. which a lot of us do our first couple times role playing. And so it was just a very big trophy thing where they were just like the most attractive and they had magic where they could make themselves look like whatever the person wanted all the mm-hmm. time and all that Aww. stuff, which we've all been there. Yeah. We've all no, been. For sure. Tra- yeah. 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 So I don't, that was just my story and I don't judge the person for it at all. Like, oh my gosh, my first characters were like, I am amazing, perfect, paladin, pretty girl. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> How many vowels were in your character's, were first character's name? And did she have parents? She did not have parents. Nope. Oh, true. And <laughs> I think five. True. Five or six vowels. Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> no, an Elvish name. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I get yeah. it. <laughs> Listen, I only know these because I've lived them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We've all been there, right? <laughs> It's kind of a gift. I want to, if you're running, a, uh, so my, my, my story, um, my, one of, uh, when I was in college, I took a class about, um, like crossing parallel worlds. It was a literature class, but as a ongoing side project, everyone in the class had to immerse themselves in another world and it had to be something new to you. And the list was, you could play D and D, you could play world of Warcraft, 
you could LARP, you could work at a Renaissance fair. And I looked at the list and was like, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, dude. Where was this class? Oh, I went to San Francisco State. <laughs> it was very fun. I uh, don't doubt it. It's truly, sure. truly a wonder. I, I loved it. Um, But yeah, I looked at this list and I was like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I've done all the things and I really don't want to do more reading. And uh, the professor was like, well, what can we do? Like, how do we work with this? So I agreed to run D&D for players who never touched the, who who had no idea what a ttrpg was mm-hmm. and uh basically the same thing every trope that could have happened happened in this game mm-hmm. and i got to like write about it because i hadn't run a game for people who the first session sat down and were like so what do we download is this a mm-hmm. um this was was this before D beyond it was before i knew about it okay so they were like what they thought it was a video game Mm -hmm. and so i had to sit down and be like all right well we use our imaginations (laughs) but um it's such a blessing kind of because Mm -hmm. you know what to do when characters split the party you know what to do when uh they run towards danger and i'm a big believer in if it's behind the screen they don't know it you can fudge rules so no one dies Mm -hmm. if you desperately need to um and like it was really sweet they didn't know to check for traps when they went anywhere <laughs> and so my first encounter i almost killed them because i just i was so used to it that yeah they, it's really nice it's like watching kids do anything like, like yeah. cool you get to learn how it, it's really cool to be able to like look at people who are going through something for the first time yeah. and be like oh i see the game freshly though. yeah yeah it's like yeah. toddlers where literally anything will kill them and they want to touch all the things that yeah. will kill them yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. i'm not trying they want to walk towards the sharp corners they want to you know Look stairs. Towards the steps. Yeah. Yep. Listen, mm-hmm. this is dirt, and it goes right. I in see my what mouth. the pool looks like up close. Yeah. So much dirt. She <laughs> eats dirt all the time. It's good for her. I think. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> but you know that, that's sort of the uh, like I I have been this per like the trophy person, and I have <laughs> been the person who like with my you know fledgling gamers like oh no 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 don't touch that that's gelat- that's a gelatinous cube don't okay <laughs> that's like. The first time I met a mimic was just traumatic for everyone. And I was like, I did not think this would do this to you guys, okay? Oh, it's just a door. Not every chest or door is going to be like that. I just yeah. want you to know right now, you yeah. can look for loot. I, I genuinely, the same way I feel about toddlers, I'm, I think I ruined them for life a little bit. Because <laughs> they're like, so after they, they encountered their first mimic, which was a door, and they just... <laughs> They're, they're, every time they ran into a door afterwards, they're like, is it a mimic? No, it's just a door. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I will never give you a mimic again. Never. Ever. Yeah, never. I genuinely had to say that. I'm like, it's never going to be a mimic. I promise. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, I, I love, I love, honestly, the other thing is tropes are such a good thing sometimes because mm-hmm. it's a shorthand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do want to like clarify, we've all been tropes. Hell yeah. Yeah, we are not... <laughs> You know, knocking on these new players for being tropes. They are tropes for a reason. Yeah. And it's so easy to kind of default to those things when it's your first time there. And in in many ways, it's very good because it's easier to then be that character while you're trying to learn all the rules and the mechanics, which is, I think, why it's so common a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, and, you know, they say you kind of have to know the rules before you can break them. Yeah. So sometimes you do have to play those tropes before you realize that. You know what? A lot of people are doing this. I kind of want to do something else. Yeah. There's there's room for that. Mm-hmm. The tropes that I that I um, that come to mind. I had a new player who was the pickpocket trope. You know, trope. Yeah, hell like, yeah. Just, yeah. The rogue that just went after everybody's pockets, including the players. Fortunately, I was playing with, 
you know, experienced players at the time when they stepped into the table. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, and I tried, okay, uh, I tried everything. I was like, okay, the constabulary is going to catch you if you, you know, they're, they're going to throw you in jail. Mm -hmm. Didn't work. You know, and they kept on succeeding their roles. Oh. <laughs> I tried the mechanical thing. This is an Adventures League game. This is a D&D Adventures League game. You technically can't really steal treasure. Anything that you get, it just kind of gets tossed in at the rewards at the end, or you have to give it back. Didn't stop it from doing it anyway. Kept on pickpocketing. Oh, man. I, okay, you pickpocket this old lady, and she just is the most charming person, NPC, you know, and nope, nope, just, just, just wander loot. I'm going to leave, her, <laughs> leave her behind, you know. Tried to hang that, that, that carrot in front of her, but, you know... It's sorry. It ended up working out. It's, it's what I mentioned about them figuring out that that trope only goes so far. It gets you know, boring after it, a while. It does. Yeah. yeah, you realize that. Wait a minute. There are more. There are better, more interesting ways to interact with the world than this particular, you know, trope that I'm that I'm playing into. And uh, and eventually, the player did come around and and decide that yeah, I want to try a little something different. I think that's the best way to handle it, like letting them kind of work through it. Yeah. If they start really like making other people uncomfortable yeah. or whatever with the, what they're doing, then you definitely want to kind of like step in as the DM or GM. But like like having them have that first character that is theirs and then they kind yeah. of grow and learn from it. They see what other people are doing at the table. It's one of those like natural learning moments that works best if you're not telling them what to do all the time yeah 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 exactly um and i think it is just a more fun entry as long as they as long as everybody kind of figures each other out right and that like i uh everything becomes a trope eventually like uh we we joke about it even on happy jacks but like i played like three blue aliens uh just <laughs> happens um, we start, like, so everything starts to become a trope, like, ev the one I harp on the most is the, like, Arya Stark style, like, I hate being traditionally feminine mm. character who, like, rock on to however you want to present your gender, uh, but, um, I see, I, I grew up with so much of it that I'm like, but what if you just really like wearing a dress? Yeah. yeah. So, like, everything becomes a trope eventually, because even that kind of came up out of this idea of, like, you know, maidens and yeah. all of that nonsense. So, it after a while, you just can't be worried about it. And again, it gives you a way to work within a system of rules, even for how characters would behave, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is nice. It's just easy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting. All three of our examples were from D&D &D games. That is true. Right? <laughs> I wonder, mm -hmm. and... Maybe someone can write in and tell me because I like my first real game was D&D. &D. Most of us, that's how we get into the hobby. I think because, you know, like we were talking about earlier, more games are more readily available. I wonder if people coming into the hobby through other games are less tropey or have different tropes, maybe at least. Well, there different. are. Yeah. yeah, probably. There are games that are specifically built around tropes. If you think yes. about kids on bikes. Every, Tales from the Loop. I was gonna say every uh, PBTA, PBTA like exactly. has this archetype system. Yeah, so. yeah, um, I, yeah. Because I was just thinking that well, lighthearted kind of leans into it, but I think mm -hmm. it didn't because it specifically like forces you into like deep. Part of the reason that tropes happen is because you're not doing deep internal work. Mm -hmm. Wow, I sound very pretentious. Um, I think that it you become less tropey the longer you start interrogating like why you do things. Right. So. Mm -hmm. If you have a character who is a jock and you find out later, like, oh, they're, you know, working out 
their their aggression because of this other thing that they're working on. It becomes that's also a trope, but it becomes less of a trope because of something else, and it or it feels less tropey. And I think games, indie games, and like games, other systems lean into that, or like mm-hmm. help facilitate that. Whereas D and D is very um, combat oriented <laughs> yeah, yeah the trope is a doorway to something a little more genuine within the players right yes yeah, yeah a lot of times uh virgins and vixens actually is that exact th- like that's the point of the whole game you start out as one of the like the the prize which is like the princess in the tower mm-hmm. or the witch or you know the seductress so you start out with these very trope you know tropey uh roles of women in stories and you have um, descriptor words that describe you like charming, pretty, <laughs> you know, things like that. And uh, as you go through, if you roll with those words, it's basically just a a word based system. You don't have skills or anything. You have a word that words that describe yeah, you. Times, basically. <laughs> yeah. And as you go through, um, if you roll with those words, you have a better chance of succeeding. If you roll with something that's not one of your words, then you can have like growth. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. slowly through the game, you change the words based mm-hmm. on how you've grown. Um, so by the end of the game, you can no longer be the the pretty prize in the tower. You're, <laughs> you know, whatever you wanted your character to be. And you can write in your own words and stuff. But it was literally, I think a lot of indie RPGs have that as a theme of mm-hmm. this is the trope. Now break it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Somewhere which I. That trope. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And D&D. For all that it is a role-playing game, it's a war game <laughs> cross-playing <laughs> as a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. So while you you can absolutely have amazing, great role-playing in it, it is... Fifth edition is a little bit better about this, but it's not baked into the mechanics in the same way it is in a lot of mm-hmm. other indie games. Mm-hmm. And uh, indie games have the benefit of coming out in the last 20 years, a lot of them. Yes. Uh, there are a lot of D and uh, era games that are tropey as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I the true. only one I came up with was a bad one. And I'm not gonna bring it up. That's okay. so, <laughs> it's the bad one. But I mean, anyway, like, yeah, tropes are not a bad thing, and I think we need to kind of accept that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people are very judgy of oh, that's you're just playing a trope. You, you can make a trope really interesting. Yeah. And especially if you're new to the hobby, that trope is still really cool and exciting because it's the first thing you've done. Yeah. That's yeah. the other thing is that, like, uh, when you're a new player, like, if, if any new experience, like, you got to do that. Like, if you take someone to Disneyland for the first time, like, you're not going to scoff at them because they get really excited to go to, like, Star Wars Land or whatever. Right. Because you got to go to Star Wars Land. You already did that. But, yeah. like, they get to do it now. And so... Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's it's fun to take someone through their first, uh, like, trope. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good question. Thank you, Heath, from Maryland. And uh, number two. Oh, it's a long one. <laughs> I'll, I'll take one. <laughs> Here, I, I can do it if you want. No, no, it's okay. Okay. Let me let me give it a shot. I'm just bad at oh, reading wow. things out loud. Let's, well, let's see. That's okay. That's all right. Let's see. Let's see how, let's see how, let's see how I can spin this. Hi there, HJ crew. I'm a returning listener from many years ago. Welcome! Yeah, thank you. I was introduced to your podcast shortly after it started by my friend Thomas. Tomes. Tomes, Tomes, yeah. Okay, weird. That wasn't me. It's okay. I listened to you for several years in one of the original Please Stop Talking... uh, Please Stop 
talking to my experience points t-shirts. Yay! Gray with the text on the front and the HJ logo on the back gets worn rarely. Uh, around 2017, life got very hard for my family. It was an all-consuming, traumatic time for all of us. The stress of life took me away from my favorite hobby because leaving the house was no bueno, as I would just get called back home to help. I didn't have time or the mental energy to prep games, and I was the GM, so things just fell apart. That's so hard. Yeah. It, especially when gaming tends to be kind of your respite from things. Yeah. Not be able to get yeah. to it. When that's, when that's like yeah. a big source of joy in your life. Yeah. Shameless plug, though, the Please Stop Talking to My Experience Points are now back on the Happy Jacks I uh, missed site. this meme. Like, I'm po- <laughs> I am post that meme thing. You, I think you're post. Yeah, oh, you joined, fa- like, our fair family and then Happy Jacks, like, after that. Stu made t-shirts, like, for a con 10 years ago? Many, mm-hmm. many years ago. And our joke was, because at the time, like, we were one of the the five podcasts that existed yeah. there were more than that but it didn't seem like it and like people were like please stop talking to my experience points that's my grognard voice it's very sad <laughs> but like so it, it was something that was enough of a uh, of a trope speaking of which that we like made a shirt with it and i love but, it yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, i get it but i was just yeah. like I was like, it's so, again, it's like when everyone says, to be fair, whenever I say it, because I don't watch that show. <laughs> um, we also just put up a, please stop flirting with my experience point shirt. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I so that was, it. that was inspired by your all's game. So I kind of loved it. Get it. <laughs> it's yeah. I know. I have so many t-shirts. All right. Anyway, so that was a shameless no, that's, that's accurate. Yes. Um... I managed to get to Go Play Northwest and Big Bad Con in a couple of non-consecutive years. Those were the only times I got to play because I had traveled by plane and could just drive home. I wanted to write in and tell you about my absolute favorite gaming moment in forever because you said you need emails, so here you are. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. If you want to chop this down or discover the interesting part of my ramblings, do what you need. I'll try to keep it concise. Yeah, you failed. I think we're going to like pass this one back and forth between the three of us too because it's like Heck two more yeah. pages okay all right oh no it's just two bps's it's yeah. just oh, yeah. oh, two okay, more pages okay, okay. but yeah all right uh <laughs> let's see if anybody wants to jump in feel free. oh you go first in 2017 i think i managed to score a seat in brianna hitchcock's game of the watch at bbc Ooh. you probably know this but for people who have not read about it the game is meant to be played over a finite number of sessions to complete a campaign against a threat that they design as part of world building the tone is all about the journey through a massive conflict where the characters play key pivotal roles, what they accomplish, and what they lose doing so. Tomes was in the game with me, so maybe if I remember something's wrong, you can keep me honest. <laughs> the other players may also listen, and if you do, thank you for that game. You are all excellent people to have at the table. We're going to tag out here. <laughs> if memory serves, Brianna had... Uh, had posted an eight-hour game break into two four-hour chunks. In the game, the players are so, are, are any gender identity except male. Hosts can feel free to explain, or people can read up on this game if they want the details as of why. Uh, Virgins and Vixens is like that, too. You're meant to play women, or at least non-men. Uh, Brianna was going to run the entire campaign from start to finish in those eight hours. Shortcuts were taken, and Brianna did an absolutely phenomenal job of tying everything together while keeping it moving, and great fun was had. Hats off to Brianna. 
Uh, I've been mostly GMing and some playing since I was 13. I am now almost 50. And I don't and I don't know that I could have pulled that off even in my heyday. I played a gender fluid character named Payeli. Payeel. They them. One of the one of the other characters and Peel quickly developed a rivalry. I think it was suggested by the other player, and we were both all in. Throughout the game, we were all attempting to one up each other or get each other in trouble. Because of my payback, I often ob- was obligated to take the high road, and it was a lot of fun. At one point towards the end, I was playing leader of four mission. Players chose roles for each mission based on their rank and playbook, so sometimes it could change from mission to mission. The way I remember it, one of the other characters, a scout, I think, made an error in their uh, advice, I think based on a bad role, and Peel used that advice. The battle went poorly for us. We slugged back to Cap, and I think one of the PCs had gotten captured. All right, tag back. Uh, once back at camp, all the PCs and NPCs of a certain rank were in the tent with the general. I cannot remember if that was their title, but they were essentially top dog. Uh, we were discussing our strategy when Pale, uh, Pale's rival mentioned that Pale had made a decision based on bad information from the other PC and had not meant discipline to the other PC. Immedi- uh, Pale immediately owned the error that they had acted on that bad information. The general retrieved a whip. Uh, Brianna was masterful at the table, but I cannot remember the exact words, but the gist was that Peo would have to lash the other PC. Peo took the whip, and I think I remember they looked uh, directly into their rival's eyes, turned and handed the whip to the general. Peo said, as best I can remember, the decision was mine, I will take the lashes because the responsibility was mine. The player of Peo's rival had a shocked look on their face, and I think that Peo stared directly at them as Peo took the lashes. We went on to complete the entire campaign, and in the end, we triumphed at uh, we triumphed at great loss. Uh, and there were many uh, there were many very good spotlight moments for all the characters. It was just a wonderful island of immersion in a very dark time in my life. I will remember that game for a very long time. I owe so much to other the other players and Brianna for that game. It showed me that I could still lose myself in a game like I had not been able to do for several years. Do you want to carry it? Yeah, take it home. So here I am. Back almost five years later. My family's life is much better, and I am dipping my toe back into the waters. <laughs> my group and I are talking about starting up again in some sort of remote way. We had to move away for a few years for my partner to finish her bachelor's. I re to the HJ podca- uh, uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago, and while I miss Stu, Stork, and all the other old-timers, I'm also super happy that Kimmy has taken the reins. <laughs> because I can think of no one better suited. Aww. I'm planning to attend BBC again this year to come uh, come hell or high water. Yay, physical con, and I am vaxxed and boosted. Woo-hoo. Thank you. If any of you are attending and would like to meet up for coffee or whatever, I would love to meet you. Hopefully, I get to see some of the other players from that game there. I'd love to sit at a table with them again. Cheers, Jerry from Oregon. P.S. Thanks for the heads up on Die, the role-playing game. I backed it as it looks very good, and I like the direction it's going. Woo-hoo. Yeah, it looks like a great game. Yeah. Uh, the art is beautiful. Uh, PPS. Also, thank you, Kimmy, for Decima. I have not had a chance to actually play, but I have been through it several times, and I cannot wait to put it into action. PPS. 
<laughs> does this hit the two-page mark you asked for? Yes, yes it yes. does. Oh, so many. Gold star. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jerry from Oregon. Yeah. That's so sweet. I would love to go to Big Bad Con. It's like... When, it's, where? Yeah, it's it's a great con. I've never been. Um, but like Gina's like one of the organizers of it. It's mm-hmm. like the go-to indie like con that like everybody loves and everyone goes and it's it becomes like their heart con after that forever mm-hmm. um and just like everybody i know feels that way about it and it's just one of those things that i've never actually gotten to go to i, I would love to go to this one i probably can't just right now because my toddler's still unvaccinated because mm-hmm. yeah the FDA, and I'm not even going to start that rant right now. You have but... till October. They have till October to make that happen. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. So we'll see. Um, but I would, I would adore going to the bag con. I would. I. It was my goal long before pandemic, and it just every year it's just hard to get there. I thought I would hate con like going to game cons in general because I don't like strangers. But uh, the the um, every time I've done, I've gone to game cons, it's always been a fucking blast yeah and so yeah. now like, what if I go yeah. to it's just wonderful to be around kindred spirits yeah and and you know again getting swept up in that excitement too mm-hmm. and, and, and cons. yeah you get to play games that you would not have gotten to play mm-hmm. otherwise mm-hmm. I've, I've played some really excellent games with people um at cons that have just been uh they've just been wonderful and i probably wouldn't have picked up myself mm-hmm. yeah. so that's been really nice it, it's a yeah. good opportunity and i'm glad that you were able to yeah I mean, so many different experiences all in one setting, right? So many different play styles and Mm -hmm. such that you just come across. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, and Tomes Tomes is like the the indie game whisperer. He just, like, goes out into the world and brings them back and will be like, hey, I have this game, like, like two in the morning at a convention. And he'll pull it out. And it's just, like, amazing. He runs, for our local strategic cons, he runs um, the Games on Demand section. He's been on our show a bunch of times. Um, he used to run Small Game Hunter, which is a show that we had on here for like a hot minute huh. where we played like an indie game and then like talked about it. And it, he's just he's just fantastic. If you ever get to play with Tomes, he's sort of like a shadow out <laughs> of the team. Like everybody knows him, but nobody's like, how do you know Tomes? I've heard how do you know Tomes? <laughs> yeah. So, he, yeah. He always has the best games. I think he's the one, first person who talked to me about for the Queen, like Oh, oh man, God. he brought that and changed our lives. Yeah. <laughs> I, I played think... I wanna say I played some very great con games with strangers and then some very cursed con games with yes. Tappy Jacks players. <laughs> Guilty, yes. <laughs> if we do all get to go to Big Bad Con, uh I there will be a cursed game. Mm-hmm. I just know it. Yes. There's always one. There's always one. It usually happens like after all the official games are done. We're all like, it's it's the two a.m. One in the morning, no problem. We still have tons of energy, and then like half an hour, they're like, "Why did we start this <laughs> yeah, game?" That hotel room's looking really inviting right about now. Yeah, yeah. We had twelve people at this table. We're gonna make it work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a good no nightmare. One, no one's gonna be the first person to give up. Right. Yeah. All right. We gotta show those werewolf folks down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> they're playing till four in the morning. Oh. Oh man. I'm too old yeah. for that now. I know, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a spring chicken. Yeah. I just refuse to admit it. I like sleeping and I still refuse to admit it. <laughs> yeah. Sleep sounds so nice right now. <laughs> All right. Email number three. Slosha, Kimmy, and whatever random assortment of jackers are with you. Hello. Yay. 
As I am catching up in reverse, Stu and Stork answered an email from someone newish to the hobby and interested in running games. Stork suggested finding a small group of friends and having a one-shot party. Stu suggested finding a system you like and using that. While both of these are great pieces of advice, on my personal list, they are number three and two, respectively. Number one is finding a setting that you love. The more you love a setting, the more you'll read about it. And the more you read about it, the more you'll know about it. And the more you know about it, the easier it is to roll with the curveballs your PCs will throw at you. Because we all know they will. Just ask Mrs. Osterman. That's it for today. Keep rocking it. Weasel creature representing in the LBC. For those of you not from Southern California, that's Long Beach, California. California. All right. I think that is very good advice. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got to think about that because, like, there are some games that have, you know, there are there are some some settings or IPs that have their own games, and those games can be pretty... Uh, you can say brutal, it's fine. Maybe complicated for, for new players. Terrifying. Yeah, for new players, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that um, is very good advice for very specific people. I yeah. Think, I think you and I are thinking about the same thing, so you continue for a minute. No, no. Well, I was going to say, like, for example, uh, um, the new Dragon Prince game oh. um, is based off, what, Cortex? Yeah, it's Cortex. Cortex is actually, it's 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 a little crunchier than than I would anticipate. You know, I was really surprised when they announced that Dragon Prince was going to run out of Cortex. I was too. It seems like the cartoon itself is so just narratively driven. And so I... I I mean, not that Cortex can't be narratively driven, but but mm-hmm. but I, I expected something maybe a little more rules like for that, especially mm-hmm. considering the audience that 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 role playing game would probably pull in you mm-hmm. know, a lot of young folks, yeah, uh, for good reason, yeah. Um, but that's just that's that's an example, and I mean that's that it, you're right. It's 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 a certain, I mean that hits certain things. You know what I mean? It's it's for certain people. Yeah, I think this is a really great like for me. If- if I had not already been a GM, this would be a great thing for me because you could be like, hey, uh, the One Ring. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hey, that's a world I know everything about. If I was going to run a game, all I'd have to do is learn the mechanics because yeah. I know the world and the setting super well. I think sometimes with things like um, like the specific like proprietary uh, settings in, for Dungeons & Dragons, like it... Like, if you've already read all the Forgotten Realms novels, that's a great place for you to start. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, it's really intimidating to learn a whole system and the whole world at the mm-hmm. same time. So that's when it's, you know, like you were saying, like, if someone knows everything about the Dragon Prince, then all they have to do is walk in and be like, oh, hey, uh, I know everything about Zadie already. So yeah. all I need to do is learn Cortex Prime. Right. Which, good luck. <laughs> it's actually not that bad. It's just the book... It's sort of a pick your own adventure of systems where you pull out whatever mechanics you want to mix and match. So if you've played Cortex Prime before, it makes a lot more sense. If you've never, it can be a little hard to navigate. I haven't seen, I haven't looked through the Tales of Zadia book yet. I have a feeling it's much more uh, laid out in it for people who've never played before. Yeah. Where the, the the generic Cortex Prime book is much more like mix and match buffet of things you can pick mm-hmm. from. Although it does cite what games they're from, which is really cool if you look through the book. Oh really? So the different type different mechanics, it's like this is from, you know, Marvel Marvel Heroic Role Playing. Yeah. And so that's pretty cool. Um so I was thinking of an oh, th- another good example of this is the uh 
Avatar The Last Airbender uh, game that Magpie is releasing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the Magpie Discord, and one of the... I, I saw the transformation that happened when they launched that Kickstarter, and then it's like millions of dollars later, and then like thousands of people onto the Discord later. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we all really kind of noticed, all of us who had like, been there for a while and were longtime gamers, a lot of people were showing up who had never played a role-playing game. So they show up and they were asking, you know, questions about PBTA. We started mm-hmm. answering the questions because that's what you do in a Discord is you answer questions people have. And we started answering them like we were answering, like, D&D players asking sure. about PBTA. Sure. And we very quickly realized most of them had no frame of reference for that either. They hadn't played D&D. So when you have these big IPs, especially Avatar The Last Airbender, because it is it is a massive IP for a specific a specific age range of people, which I am in. And so it's bringing all these people in, learning the mechanics of the Powered by the Apocalypse-ish system that they've created is the biggest challenge for them because they know everything about the world of Avatar. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. So it's an interesting thing to kind of reflect on how that's going to change the hobby moving forward. Yeah. Um, the the advice sounds a lot like advice that I've seen about introducing to someone to your favorite uh, to video games who's never played a video game, mm-hmm. where like you want to introduce them to the thing that introduced you to video games. With you know, um, uh, like if if you grew up with them, uh, Legend of Zelda. Um, but if you've got someone who's brand new to the hobby, has never played before, that's not going to be as compelling to them mm-hmm. often because if they weren't drawn in by pixel art, if they weren't drawn in yeah. by, um. Uh, by the pixel art or the game mechanics, it's going to be very hard to get them to stay for anything else. Um, so, like finding IP, finding a world, a setting you love, is it appeals to you enough that you'll stick with the book is a really good option. Mm-hmm. In the same way, like if you're going to introduce someone to a video game and they've never played one before, introducing them to something that feels like a movie they already like, mm-hmm. very helpful. Yeah. Um, I also sort of struggle with the this as a uh, find a setting you love. For the same reasons is that I, you know, I'm going to bring it up. I adore the setting for 7C. I hate the mechanics. There you go. <laughs> I was ranting about it before we went on. Um, <laughs> like, I, like, I poured over the, the, the new edition front to back. I have no idea how to play that game. Uh, <laughs> I can't. And so um, there are, so I think another really great way to get into running a game uh, that you've never, if you've played in it before also, because this is someone who's new to the hobby, but and interested in running games if you can find an actual play it helps a lot to see how things work in motion um because then you can see where other people kind of fall into pitfalls uh rather than just uh sort of guess at how people even house rule things uh because i think all of us have had this experience where you're behind the the game master screen or whatever and something comes up and you're like How do I handle this problem? Mm -hmm. Excuse me, I need a bathroom break. One minute, I'll be right back. RP amongst yourselves. Yeah, like, uh, and I, it's good to know how how people house rule things. Um, Mm -hmm. like, do warlock spell slots count for wizard things or whatever? (laughs) No, paladin things. That was the (laughs) yeah. And the answer is they do. Or paladin spell slots work for never mind. Anyway, (laughs) me gaming any system I can. Uh, but yeah, like. If, if you are, if, if you're someone who gets systems really easily, excellent. Every person I've talked to the uh, the first time I sit them down and like, 
hey, you're in this magical uh, PDTA world, which has is my favorite way to introduce people to games. Um, you can do whatever you want. And then they look at you like, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, could you please give us a bounty board or something? I don't right, know what right, to do. Right. Um, but it, ripping off it, my actual advice for, like, if you want to get in, uh, get uh, start running your own games, find a system that mimics a TV show you like and write an episode of that TV show. Mm-hmm. And good. that kind of yeah. will move you into that, which is why I recommend PDTAs. Yes. So, <laughs> it's. I wonder. It's happened before because, like, D and D's always been like the the major player. So a lot of times, um, the big, even big IPs had trouble like breaking through in the TCRPG space. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a Firefly. Uh, there's a do- official Doctor Who. There's all these. Well, to us, like, pretty big. IPs. Star Wars, maybe the only one that, like, when Fantasy Flight games, mm-hmm, like, it kind mm-hmm. of was in that same league. Not because of Fantasy Flight and the Genesis system, but mm. simply because it's Star it's, Wars. Yeah, it, yeah. it had enough oomph there. Yeah, all the name recognition, the fans, people buying in already. Yeah. yeah. But and, yeah, that's the that's the phenomenon of you want you knew the world, so you just wanted to play it. Yeah. yeah. And you'll learn whatever to do it. Yeah. But I'm interested now that like Avatar and even Tales of Zadia mm-hmm. seem now they're picking other systems other than D and D. Yeah. And they're not getting proprietary systems either. Because mm-hmm. I I can't remember. I think the Doctor Who system is its own system, but I might yeah. be misremembering that. But I'm interested to see if this is a phenomenon that continues. If other game companies start being more um, in competition with, like, trying to go after specific IPs for things that just to, like, put their systems more in the map. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. I mean, let's see. The new G.I. Joe role-playing game is a completely new developed system. I mean, it's it's similar to Age, uh, but, um, uh, but it's got its own takes on it. Um, what is, there was another game that recently... The new Marvel game. The new Marvel game, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that one's... Oh, really... no, that's the one that's similar to Age. I'm sorry, the G.I. Oh, Joe okay. one is, is a completely different system. Yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing about the Marvel one is it's Marvel, like, getting a company to make a game of their IP. Yeah, huh. yeah. So yeah. it's like, I mean, it's a partnership, but... So it's not like they just licensed it to a company, um... So that, I feel like that's another direction that people are going to start going into where companies are kind of getting, and and this has all happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there are more, the the pie is bigger in the tabletop RPG hobby now. Yeah. So it feels like there's more room for companies like this to make a bigger dent, other than just like the hardcore Doctor Who or Firefly fan, fans. Um, yeah. I'm I'm struggling because uh, oh, uh, oh. D- the chat room's correcting me. Doctor Who is the Vortex system. Oh, oh gotcha. I forgot about that. Sorry. I'm not heard that system. Um, yeah, we've got what Alien and Blade Runner are running off Year Zero, the Year oh. Zero engine yes. from uh, Free League Games. Free, yeah, Free League mm-hmm. Games. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, it's more that I'm struggling, and uh, you brought up Avatar: Last Airbender, uh, the game, and I haven't gone through it yet, so I, I I'm kind of speaking out of my ass, but like. I know I'm worried about the idea like, oh, we've got to make a whole new system for a game. Because one, at some point we we will have invented every way you can play a game (laughs) until we figure out a new sense or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
So at some point, it's like, yeah, our system is PBTA, but we also have added this weird G mechanic mm-hmm. or this like Taoist uh, situation. And I'm like, I don't know if that was as relevant as it needed to be or that you understood what was going on there. <laughs> but um, so, so I'm... I'm also a little traumatized by the Witcher team, so there's that. Which is ooh, also ooh. Needlessly complicated. So complicated. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I I did try the Avatar. I I love Avatar Airbender. No, I love the show. Okay, I am obsessed. I've read the all the books. Like I love the Avatar world. Mm. I love PBTA. Did they not come together? They. It's okay. Mm. I feel like they overworked it a little bit. There's just mm. like. A few too many things happening. It's mm-hmm. it, it's not bad. I had fun. I don't know if I would like want to run it a lot, and I would probably play it with my friends. And we had a good time because they are amazing, exceptional role players who all know PBTA really super well. Like okay, like me, Jason, Joey, Adam. Dave and Nick. I will kick down the door if I don't get to play this game with you. <laughs> well, it was what it, it was during pandemic, yeah. and it was like outside around the campfire. Like that group was still a little bit like, what? How does this work? <laughs> what? So I don't know. It, it, that was just a quick start. It could be better. Um, I did back it. I, I'm, I'm excited to have yeah. it. Yeah. I think yeah. Yeah. it's amazing that. PBTA got a huge IP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it was one of but, the biggest Kickstarters when yeah. it released, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like Masks is like like the peak magpie, like mwah, mm. chef's kiss perfection. I feel like their more recent games have started to be a little over-designed. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's a little over-designed. That's yeah. my critique of it. I'm basically scared of, as we start seeing more games in the space, of like, but our, our system is like PBTA, but it's got a hat on it. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. It did not need the hat. <laughs> like, it works just fine. And that's what's... Somebody who's currently designing a PBTA game with a hat. Uh, no. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I If I play your game, I'm like, I didn't need the hat. Yeah, it's fine. It's that, yeah. It, no, you're good. Um, Mine's probably fine. over a little over designed too. Like I'll own that. But I'm, I'm. That's what I'm, I'm super worried about is that like, as these companies are giving people IP, they're like, oh, we don't want it to be D and D, so make it. And mm-hmm. the designers like, mm-hmm. cool. Um, but D and D works really well for this because it's a or, combat game or whatever. Uh, so have either of you? Did either of you back uh, the Blade Runner RPG? Sorry, I, I did you not. Haven't... It was beautiful. It's it's a great looking game. I really, you know, and this is a bit of a tangent. I'm not crazy where they're taking Year Zero. Mm. It's it's getting. I heard that. Uh, Tales there... of the Loop, beautiful, simple, you yeah. know, rules light, very vers yet very versatile, right? Um, what was the next game? Alien added to that. They now loves Blade Runner. Alien. Alien is fantastic. I love that game too. I think that was a great kind of cap to adding two year zero and now they're complete they're adding new dice sizes to the blade runner rpg in year zero and i'm like oh i mean i'm sure somebody there is going to appreciate it i'm sure it's going to be a very enjoyable game but like but then you could have more dice i know yeah 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 exactly <laughs> I mean, instead of buying the little brick of chess xd6 as you're buying the full d7 you know seven piece polyhedral set right yeah i know yeah but yeah. but uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm as, as, as I play more indie games, I'm becoming more and more a fan of uh, rules, light systems, and just more narratively 
driven systems and stuff. One of us. One <laughs> of us. Yeah. So um, you'll just be playing Baron Munchausen? Yeah, yeah. I still haven't played that. That book's been sitting on my shelf for like, you know, like a year or two. Oh, I love the idea about it. But anyway, I digress. I digress. That's right. I learned like three years ago that Baron Munchausen actually had rules. <laughs> I was like, we don't just tell stories on a table. There's like a little bit of a structure. Yeah, there, I, I didn't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. I haven't played that game at all. You it, haven't? No. Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you after the show. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's I'll, fun. Next time I'm out here, I'll bring the, the rule book, the latest edition. You can read okay. through it. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing. Awesome. It's lovely. Absolutely lovely. Okay. okay. All right. I think... Oh, I, I turned the page too soon. I think that's it. So thank you for joining us for season 30, episode nine of the Happy Jacks RPG podcast. My name is Kimmy. You can find me at Golden Lasso Girl pretty much everywhere. And yeah, uh, I do this. <laughs> I do this every week. And then we are actually starting some new APs starting probably in June, which is June now. June started. Oh, God. June, June, start, started. June has started and happening. <laughs> it's the third day of June already. Um, or whenever it is when you're listening to this. Um, so probably in like maybe two, three weeks, like the second half of June, we're going to have maybe one or maybe two APs spinning up um, in from in the studio. In the studio. Uh, I, Clara, I will continue to be Clara, hopefully. Uh, I'm all over the internet as clearly underscore golden. Uh, I am sometimes on Instagram as mermaid underscore clarity. As summer happens, theoretically, I'll be doing more of that. Who knows? Life is weird. Uh, the best place to keep up with that is on Twitter, uh, clearly underscore golden, where you can tweet at me if you find new games that have a same system with a hat on it. Um, otherwise, I'm here every Monday playing uh, our actual play of a year zero game. What is the game called? Vossen. 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 I forget that the game, like our show has a name and that the system has a name. I call it Vossen. London uh, Calling. London Calling is the, the name of the show. Uh, where you can watch me and Kadev and other wonderful people just get weird. I don't have a good answer for that otherwise. <laughs> but yeah. Um, hi everybody, I am Jay, and you can find me uh, on Twitter at JayAfrica, and you can find me on Instagram at TransplantAsian, and I still use this thing called Facebook, um, you know, you can find me there too, you know, that's where, that's where actually I post about my usual stuff, which isn't a lot lately, but I've got a couple of things coming down the pipe. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for watching. Kimmy, you wanna? Yeah, absolutely. So please remember, again, we'd really appreciate it if you leave a review and rating for us wherever you listen to podcasts or wherever you just have a login. Um, that would be very helpful to us. So we will see you very soon. Today we are going to leave you with a song. Um, it's called um, Isla. What is it called? I wrote, I was in this song. Sorry, it's the Skyboat song. Uh, it's <laughs> our take on the Outlander mm. theme song, which is written by my very dear friend Bear Bear McCreary. Mm. So I, <laughs> he's show. my shameless like I know him. He's my friend. So friend of the get show. Him on the get show. him an actual play. Get <laughs> get him an actual play. Just have him write the the theme music. I love your themed action. Oh, we could do that. <laughs> I know, right? Which season? Oh, anyway. No. All of them. Anyway, All of them. so and it's by this band called the Mary Sues, who are my band. It's my band. <laughs> so, anyway, all right. Thank you all. We'll see you next week. Bye. Sing me a song of a lass that is gone. Say, could that lass be I? Mary of soul, she sailed on a day. 
is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sues performed our intro music, and our ending song was played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.